on, Liberty fans? My name is Nick Kirby, and welcome to the Sea of Red Live podcast. This is the basketball edition, presented as always by Jason Porter Real Estate, covering all of your residential needs in the Lynchburg area and beyond, and Ironclad Coffee out of Richmond, Virginia. Happy to have them partnering with us. Uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host. This is the Dr. Will Matthews. Uh, Will, 9-1 in a sun play. Average margin of victory twenty one points. How are we feeling? Yeah, Nick, it's been a it's been a good minute since we've um, fellowshipped here on this podcast of hoops, and uh, looking forward to the rest of the conference schedule because the the guys are on a roll right now. I mean, they're hot. Fellowshipped, I like that. I think it's been like eight days. Will I uh, said <laughs> that's a good minute. I know, I know. We did it. We had extra two days off. We. Uh, we let everyone enjoy the National Football League on Sunday night, uh, but we're back here on Tuesday, ready to rock and roll. Uh, we got a big show tonight coming up. Of course, our guy Kyle Rowe will be checking in, uh, and we're excited. We're having uh, Liberty Associate Head Coach Derek Johnson going to make his Sea of Red Live debut. At least I think it is his Sea of Red Live debut, at least with me. Uh, looking forward to talking uh, hoops with him, and then, of course, Richie Longshots later tonight with your uh, best bets of the week. Uh, before we get started, if you are watching tonight on YouTube, please take two seconds, hit that like button, uh, and then while you're all, while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. See a red posting all kinds of great content, press conference, all kind of stuff. So please subscribe and hit the like button. Uh, and then this podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Subscribe and leave us a kind five star review. We really uh, do appreciate. Uh, all of that. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, big week for Liberty. It started off with uh, uh, <laughs> 74, 45 win over the Stetson Hatters. Stetson, who had been a incredible offensive team. They actually had better offensive efficiency numbers than Liberty come in this game. They come to Liberty Arena. They get held to 45 points. Uh, their season low, 0.74 points per possession. Well, I this was just a ridiculous game. I mean, they just dominated Stetson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I, I mean, I felt pretty good about winning, but I didn't know that it was going to be like this, you know, Stetson coming into conference play, we're looking pretty good and we're thinking, okay, Stetson, uh, Liberty just shut it down. And, you know, Darius McGee, you see there, uh, 15 points, but the, the big story was just the other guys coming to life and making it a complete team effort. Yeah, and I know they were missing Chase Johnston, very streaky yeah. shooter, but you know he's a big weapon for them. So, um, but nonetheless, I mean, almost beat them by thirty points. That was a uh, uh, pretty pretty insane win for for Liberty. I think really uh, uh, catapulted this week into the next game where Liberty seventy four fifty seven over Florida Gulf Coast. This we talked about it last week. We felt like this was kind of a trap game, just with the way Florida Gulf Coast have been struggling. Didn't matter to Liberty. Uh, just a great game. Again, the defense, great again. Uh, now all nine wins are by double digits. Uh, our guy Kyle Rode knocked down four threes, had a big second half for Liberty. Uh, the crowd in this one, Will, was uh, one of the best atmospheres I, I can um, remember, at least, you know, looking through the TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a second um... – Highest crowd in Liberty Arena history, or something like that. Hey, Bradley Cooper's joining us, big uh, movie star. You know, all the stars are watching Sea of Red Hoop show. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a physical game, 
at first. And I thought, man, this one is going to be close. And second half, Liberty just came and, um, you know, we're just lights out. Yeah, really, this was a fun game. Um, Florida Gulf Coast, I don't really know what to make of them. Um, yeah. That's a team that I do not want to see in the conference tournament. Uh, hopefully, you know, Liberty could avoid them. I do think they've got a lot of talent. I think they've got a really, really good coach. This was an impressive win by Liberty, but still not a team I, I'm not going to feel comfortable about uh, for sure. Uh, let's take a look here real quick at the ASUN updated standings. It's it's a two-horse race really at the top of Liberty at Kennesaw. Um, EKU could sneak in there at 7-3 and three at some point. Stetson is pretty well buried behind Liberty because they are three games behind, plus they lost their only game to Liberty. So essentially, they are three and a half games behind Liberty. So at, at this stage of the year, I mean, it's pretty much Liberty, Kennesaw, and EKU probably fighting for that number one seed. Uh, and then here's where we would look at it if the ASUN tournament started today. <laughs> this is insane. Florida Gulf Coast is the 10 seed <laughs> in this tournament right now. That 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 is is uh, wild. Of course, we'll have a lot of a lot of uh, uh, a lot of change coming up. A, a lot of games left, but we'll kind of taking a look at this. What, what's your kind of thoughts about where the, the A Sun stands overall? Yeah, there's so much. Who would have thought Florida Gulf Coast would be the last one in? You know, and UNA is is above them, and they had a big win the other night. Um, yeah, four, stri- four straight, North Alabama's yeah. won. Yeah, four straight. They're coming on strong. And it's you know, it does not matter. I think what team we draw, every game is going to be very difficult in this conference tournament. Yeah, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any cupcakes, especially since the bottom four aren't in the tournament. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you know, I think the top whoever the top ten is, I think you're probably going to get a tough matchup. Kennesaw, man, uh, they beat Austin P and Lipscomb by a combined 40 points over the weekend. <laughs> they are just I, that feels like a team that is just gaining confidence uh, as the season goes on. And, we, we, you know, we got some games to take care of before then, but it, it really is looking like that matchup in uh, in, in mid-February is going to be a, a huge matchup. We'll talk about that a little bit more um, later on. But, yeah, like you said, North Alabama four in a row. I know it wasn't against the top top competition, but four wins in a row in this conference this year is, uh, uh, you know, impressive. And then Queens had a really nice, they swept Florida Gulf coast and Stetson at home. Queens kind of had an up and down. They look like, Hey, they might be a juggernaut. Then they lost a bunch in a row, but now they're kind of coming to life. So very fascinating yeah. to see how this, uh, how this plays out. Do you, do you feel like Liberty Kennesaw and EK you have maybe kind of, I mean, I, I feel like Liberty's in the class of their own, but do you feel like Kennesaw mm-hmm. and EKU are kind of like, got away from the pack a little bit a little bit you know the thing i think with kennesaw is they haven't proven that they can stay at the top yet um i mean they've been a lower team that is kind of rising up i think there's a lot of parallels between just overall kennesaw state as a program and liberty as a program i think you know they've had some success in football and it seems like you know they're they are very committed to winning in in all sports, like Liberty is, and so I think that just kind of that winning culture is starting to translate into basketball as well. Um, but you know how tested are their guys in big games? I mean, we've got a lot of players that have played in some huge games, and I think that's going to be the difference. I would lo- I don't know what the schedule is. I'd love for North Alabama to be playing Kennesaw this week, and um, 
uh, while they're hot and just knock them off and, and we wouldn't have to worry too much about it. All right. Well, we'll look into that a little bit more later on. Let's go ahead and bring our guy Kyle Rode in. All right. Joined now by Jason Porter and our guy Kyle Road. Kyle's Fellas, going to cookout right now, I think. <laughs> I love it. I wish, man. I was uh, our strength coach, Coach Henry Barrera, from uh, years past. His daughter's senior night is at VES tonight. So we just finished that up. They got the dub, and uh, it was awesome to support her and uh, family for life, man. So it was super cool to go to her senior night. And still still made time for the little guys. We appreciate it, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jason, how you doing tonight? I'm good, guys. Good to see you guys. Kyle, just making sure you're not driving while we're talking here, right? I'm I'm parked, man. I'm parked and locked in for this this 10 minute segment. We we know better than that, man. You're uh, you're always responsible. We appreciate that. Um, hey, I wanted to I wanted to jump into something here. I guess it's my turn, fellas. But I wanted to jump in something. We were talking uh, about the home court atmosphere on Saturday night, man. It was rocking in the place. There's no doubt about that. But I want to do a little behind the scenes real quick. So I want you to kind of flesh something out for us, Kyle. That uh, sometimes people, if not there, may not get a chance to see. And that is right as you guys finish warm-ups. Um, you're coming off the floor. Coach Richie, Coach McKay meets you guys halfway. And one-on-one, just a moment with him, and then walking down the bench, all hitting all the players, all the managers, the support staff, the whole thing. You know, we talk so much about culture with the team and, and all of that. I feel like that's just kind of indicative of what you guys do. But uh, how cool of a thing is that? And, you know, talk, talk to us a little bit about how what goes into that as you guys are prepping for the game. Man. It's a, that's a cool thing. Yeah, 100%, man. That's so special pregame. No matter where we are, no matter who we're playing, home, away, like, you know that's going to be consistent. And it kind of just almost gives you a little, like, uh, relief before the game. Like, these are my guys. Um, this is who this is who we're going with. And, and it's kind of calming at the same time. Big game, road game, home game, whatever it is. And and that's kind of always been the uh, the pregame ritual. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely super cool. Uh, good deal, Kyle. Enough about you. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Uh, no, I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, Kyle, uh, you know, Florida Gulf Coast, huge game. You guys really um, came out strong, uh, physical game. Um, do those physical games, do those kind of, you know, get the testosterone going, get pumped up? What's a, what's a locker room like after such a physical game? Yeah, I think any game, man, especially when you win, like, everybody's hype and excited, but at the same time, like, um, those, those Thursday, Saturdays are tough, tough on your body. I mean, you're playing one game Thursday night at 7 PM, quick turnaround, got to learn a new scout, clean up from what happened the night before. And then you're on to the next. And on Saturday night, man, you're, you're hoping you came out with two and zero on the week and, and then it's, it's, it's recovery mode from there. So it's, uh, it's definitely an awesome feeling, man. Last week was great. Um, the Liberty arena, um, was so impressive, man. It was it was what you envisioned Liberty Arena being every night. So I uh, hope we can keep that up the rest of the way and uh, super super good wins for us. All right, Kyle. I know you. I know you don't dig into the stats anywhere like I do, but 13 games in a row, you guys have held your opponent under one point per possession. Take that aspect out of it, and do, I'm assuming you feel that that this has been a great run of defensive consistency. Do you feel like this has just been one of those, you know, runs and, and how how difficult is it to keep that intensity uh, and that consistency up every night for that long of a stretch? Yeah, no, I feel I feel like we've done a great job just 
building habits um, every day and then the outcome being the outcome, right? Like we're worried about being hard to play against, uh, being connected defensively and making it really difficult on the opponent. And uh, that stat, that stat uh, is a testament to that, man. It's It's been a, a great last 13 games, I think you said, for us and defensively. And uh, and we feel like there's still areas we improve. And I think that's, that's the best part is like no game's perfect. There's always – you could point out one possession, and I guarantee you, coach or us players could point out a, a mistake that we see in the details. And uh, I think that's that's the best part about our group, man. We're always trying to get better and and uh, not not focused on um, just the outcome of everything. But it's it's been really good for us. Kyle, Nick teed me up perfectly for my question because I was going to kind of segue into that. I was going to say, you know, you've been doing this a while now. You know what the what the uh, conference vibe feels like January is now in the rearview mirror and you're getting ready for the last month of the regular season here. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for all of us who are watching from, from the outside, it really looks like you guys are gelling, you know, things are coming together and, uh, you know, you never want to say the peaked word as of yet, but how confident do you feel right now and in, in, in what's coming together? How, how, how much do you feel like things are clicking right now? Cause it, it, it looks really smooth. What's on the court. Yeah, I think, I think we're really connected, man. I think that's really well put. Like I think, um, by February in basketball, most teams know who they are. And uh, I think I think we have a group that really knows who they are. Um, we've, we've just been have, – have a great group of veteran guys, young guys, and um, that are all bought in for the same cause. we got a staff the same way. Um, it's, been, it's been super special to be a part of, man. It's, it's one of those uh, – one of my favorite um, teams I've ever been a part of. And, and that Liberty, man, it's, it's year in and year out. Um, the kind of the kind of basketball you want to be playing in February, going into February. So um, it's been it's been great, and uh, we we got we got another level to acquire, maybe another couple levels to acquire too. So uh, we're going to keep working for that and take it day by day. Kyle, I have a question. Um, you know, speaking of confidence, about the twelve and a half minute mark in the second half, um, Coach McKay. <laughs> was like waving his arms, trying to get the crowd up and stuff like that. How often do you see that? Or does somebody have to put a bug in his ear? Like, Hey, this is the time to like get hyped up. <laughs> no, it's uh, I think coaches does so well with uh, his emotions. He always tells us like emotions are great passengers, but horrible drivers. And uh, so he does a really good job of never letting his emotion um, drive. But at the same time, like coach, coach is competitive, man. He, he loves it. And, I think when we have a crowd like that behind us too, and he's wanting to get them juiced up a little bit. And so it was, it was really cool to see. What was that quote again? I got to put that in a sermon. Hold on. What was... <laughs> it's uh, emotions are great passengers, but horrible drivers. I love it. I've, hey, I've already quoted him last Sunday. So Will, a brutal sidebar on that. I had just sat down when coach turned around. He looked right at our section. I'm like, Oh, you got, I, I felt shameful. I really did. <laughs> Letting coach down. No, I'm just kidding. It, Kyle, adding on to that, we actually had a good question from the uh, the, the chat. Uh, does when coach gets a little more animated, does that kind of pump you guys up a little extra? You know, since he doesn't do it all the time, does that give you guys a little extra motivation? Oh, 100. Like we uh, we have all gained a trust and a confidence in coach and um, him being the head guy. Like that's who you look towards, right? And, of course, he wants us to be player led, but at the same time, when when he's got confidence and believes in you, it, it of course will give you confidence, and it's been great, man. It's a really cool, uh, really cool balance he's got being competitive and and at the same time controlling his emotions. 
right, one last question for you. I got uh, Kyle. Uh, first trip out to Austin P. Uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend on a, a tough little road trip, Austin P. and Lipscomb? Yeah, no, man. Road trips are so fun. Just being able to be with the guys twenty four seven, and um, we got a great group, and gonna gonna take it game by game, and um, never played at Austin P. Like you said, so super excited for a new opportunity there, and um, yeah, road trips are the best, man. You get we got a great group of guys. It's fun to be around, and um, it's, it's gonna be a good trip. All right, Kyle. Well, I have to leave you with this. Uh, our guy John Manson pointed this out. Uh, you moved on to the top five in the all-conference on uh, Ken Palm. So uh, uh, keep up the great work. You're having a, a great season, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing this weekend. I appreciate it, man. That's that's super cool. All right. Thanks, Kyle. All right. Well, Jason, uh, property public record. If I want to go about finding that, what do I do for that? Hey, this is going to be why people tuned in tonight. I'm, I'm just going to say this is going to be one of those little dorky tidbits. But guys, th- this is really cool stuff. So I shared this with a with a group that I uh, met with a couple of weeks ago. Um, real estate is public record. A lot of people forget about that. And so um, I want to give you a tip just in, in case you're looking at uh, either a property or a house or you're just kind of curious about maybe tax records, whatever. Um, every, every property is indeed public record. So when you go in and Google something, and I think we put a little graphic together here, I'll show you this. Um, you can go into a Google search and whether you're in a county or city, and I'll just use us for example, uh, in Lynchburg city or Bedford County or Campbell County around here, that just goes in. And really what you do on that is you put in Campbell County parcel viewer, or you put in your County parcel viewer. And what comes up is the public tax record for properties that are around you. When you click on that, you're going to be blown away if you haven't done this before, because what winds up showing up is you wind up seeing uh, who the property was purchased by, what the sale prices were, the tax assessment. It shows you the land outlines and things like that. It's not uh, it's not a substitute for a survey per se, but it shows you just literally about everything that you want to see. It's pretty sweet. So don't forget about Googling Parcel Viewer just putting in your uh, your your county or your city uh, in front of that, and it'll uh, bring up more information than you want to see, and you're going to get real excited and maybe even border on stalking. So use your powers wisely. <laughs> all right. Well, fantastic. Well, uh, uh, Jason, thanks as always. Appreciate all of your support. We're going to keep this thing rolling right around. We got uh, Derek Johnson on here in just a second. All right. We are joined now by Liberty Associate Head Coach Derek Johnston. I butchered your name on uh, Twitter earlier. I said Johnson. Sorry about that. How are you doing today, Coach? Man, I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing good. Thank you so much for uh, uh, for coming on and joining us. Uh, first off, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, I know you came to Liberty right before the 18-19 season, so really like this massive run of success is all you, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, talk, to my, talk to Coach McKay about that. Um, no, man, I uh, – Man, what a run it's been. I uh, am so blessed. Like, we we got here just before that season and uh, benefited from a lot of the hard work and sweat and tears of many of those that have come before us, staff and players. And, you know, I show up and it's like, oh, man, go to the tournament? Like, this is awesome. <laughs> Dude, let's do this every year. Um, but man, it's been such an unbelievable run. You know, my wife and I are both from Alabama originally. We bounced around the country, uh, chasing the dream in college basketball, uh, you know, came from Alabama Huntsville, uh, worked for Lenny Yakuff, who's now the head coach at Lipscomb. So those games are always weird for me. 
but uh, have been so blessed along the way to work for and with some unbelievable people. And of course, like th this spot has topped all of it. Yeah. Wow. I want to ask you about your, your relationship with, with Lenny Acuff. Is he one of the like big mentors in your life? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for Lenny Acuff. You know, I, I played, well, use the term play pretty loosely. I was on the team uh, and played a little in my last year. I left and that got better. So that's probably a, tell, uh, a telltale of how, how good I was. Um, but, you know, that experience really made me want to coach. And, you know, being able to play for him and how he saw the game and how he treated people and the guys I got to play with, uh, that really made me want to coach. And I uh, was fortunate to give, be able to go back and work for him and learn even more um, and, you know, he's an unbelievable coach, but even better person and be able to see that, you know, kind of on a daily basis, how he interacted with his family and all that was uh, great for me to see. Yeah. Hey, coach, speaking of, um, you know, when you got here and you guys got to go to the tournament and we all like to look back and reminisce fondly on some of those, you know, experiences in the tournament teams. Uh, a wise man once told me emotions are great passengers and terrible drivers. Uh what, what was that emotion like for that 1920 team, you know, steamrolled through the A-Sun and then, you know, get the tournament time and COVID breaks out? Well, kind of go back and like, what was that time like for you guys? Yeah. Well, you guys put me in a hard spot going behind Coach Road. I mean, that's a, that's a, hard, <laughs> that's, that's a hard follow, man. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, the 1920 season – you know, you win so many games out of the gate. There's this expectation because of the year before. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. You, you talk about uh, expectation or burden or something like that. I don't, that's not something we really thought of and operated with on a daily basis. But at the end of it, it's kind of like, whoa, like it almost felt like a little bit of a relief. Um, you know, we, we play that Sunday and I guess the Wednesday world shuts down because of COVID. And you, you have such disappointment for those guys when we go in the locker room to tell them, hey, it's over. Uh, but if there's any solace, like the fact that their last college basketball game for those seniors got to be in the Vine Center with 10,000 people with one of the most incredible environments I've ever been in. Um, that, that was special. And, and to be able to go out on that for those guys, I, I'm really thankful. Kind of a wild thought. Of, I, this is funny because I was thinking about this today. You know, Darius McGee would not be playing if it wasn't for that. He would not be at Liberty right now. Right. Yeah. So, like, it, 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 we'll see how this season turns out, but it could end up being a, a heck of a trade-off uh, down, down the road. Uh, uh, kind of just an interesting way to, to think about it. Uh, so, Coach, um, I got to nerd out on you now. Uh, so, okay, so I, I know I know the easy answer with pack line is experience makes it better, and, and I totally understand that. and buy into that that makes a lot of sense but you guys have gone from 139th in defensive efficiency to 34th how does that happen in one year um yeah i you know you, this is going to be the most boring interview ever uh the accumulation habits is really important it really is um and, and that's why i think we you, we've had a little bit of success is we've had some really good players who are selfless they're good dudes uh, they're about the team and they're willing to put in the work to accumulate those habits when it's not easy. Um, and I think we're seeing a little of the fruit of that tonight. Uh, you know, we, our, our coaches have done an unbelievable job. I think 
trying to prepare our players game to game with the scouts, even though we're not going to reinvent the wheel every night. Um, and we, we have good defensive players, you know, like we, we have some really, really good on ball defenders. We have some really heady defenders. I mean, people wouldn't describe, describe Kyle road as athletic, but man, he sees a play ahead, you know, and he's, he's can impact the game defensively. Um, so I think that accumulation of habits for guys that are talented, like things t- seem to work out pretty well. Yeah. And I have a similar question, but it's on the offensive side. Um, the beginning of the year, out of conference uh, games, you know, those are in the rear view, but it seemed like with the team, like turnovers was an issue. And that seems like when conference play started, that really got cleaned up and, you know, uh, making maybe smarter decisions with the ball and just cleaning some of that up. Like, how did that come about? Like what, what made that switch kind of inevitably seem to come on during conference play? Like how did that, how did you guys go about that as a coaching staff? Uh, emphasize it. I mean, I wish I could yeah. tell you we, did, we, did, we had a magical drill or this just happens. idea that we're the best coaches ever, but uh, you know, we, we were aware that, you know, there are games that we had no chance of winning or we're not going to win, turn it over 20 times. Like that, that doesn't take uh a basketball genius to figure out. I, I think part of it is just the way we play. We trust our guys so much. We, we do. Um, they're smart. They're cerebral. They're skilled. And the way we want to play is like for them to be great at what they're good at. So, man, we're, we're going to loosen the reins and we're going to hopefully put you in some spots and give you some concepts to hopefully highlight your talents. But we're going to trust you to make the decisions. And, and sometimes – you know, it takes some getting used to each other, the lineups, stuff like that. But I think your guys have really owned, like, just playing simple. And we have enough on the floor. You know, we talk about hitting singles all the time. If we just continue to hit singles, like, we've got enough to get you. And, and that's been huge for us. Like, we've we, we've talked a ton recently about just more opportunities than the other team. Like, last weekend, we had, I think, 11 more opportunities than Stetson, 10 more than Gulf Coast. And, like, being able to take care of the ball and rebound it, you know, you get two more opportunities, you're going to have a great chance to win. It seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the guards, especially uh, Porter and uh, McGee, have been a little more aggressive creating turnovers than, than previous Liberty teams. Is that just something that, that mm-hmm. I'm, I am I think is a bigger deal, or is that something you guys have emphasized maybe a little bit more? Um, Maybe a bit of emphasis. I, I think... Darius's growth on the defensive end has been great. And, and man, he's so fun to coach. I mean, obviously he does the unbelievable things that, that everyone would talk about offensively, but his selflessness with all that is unique. And he's really committed to the defensive end and he's grown. Like a lot of guys probably in his shoes, uh, returning the player of the year and all that would, would just coast with it, but he's really committed to it. Um, and Colin Porter, he, he's uh, got a different level of maturity for a freshman. He's got a toughness to him. He can move his feet. He's heady. Uh, th- those guys, I agree, they've kind of set the tone for us in, in the backcourt defensively. And we've been better because of that, because, you know, those teams have kind of been playing on their heels a little bit rather than the defense playing on their heels. Love that. Got a, uh, a question here from YouTube, uh, someone viewing – says uh, football coaches have position groups or coordinator roles. Does the uh, team of assistant coaches have similar roles? Yeah, good question. Um, 
I think it's from Chad there. Chad, I, I remember you called me a lurker on Twitter, uh, Twitter the other day, by the way. Uh, <laughs> called out. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we have some, you know, breakup. Like, I'll, I'll look a little more on the offensive end. Coach Beer and Coach Jones have, have looked a little more on the defensive end and done a great job prepping our team. Zach Farquhar um, helps them with that, with, with personnel. Um, so, you know, it, that allows us to kind of channel our time a little bit and focus a little more rather than, you know, you guys are probably in some, some, some situations where everyone's looking at everything and some things can fall through the cracks. Um, so that, that ownership, I think, has really allowed for some guys to really take a deep dive in it. Um, I know those guys have done an unbelievable job with our, our guys with individual defensive film. And you, you've seen growth because of that, all those things you guys mentioned earlier. Talk to us about Blake Preston and Shiloh Robinson and how good that duo has been. There was a, a stat, uh, our guy Matt Warner uh, on the Liberty podcast uh, uh, said, I think it was yesterday, uh, they're one and two in the A-Sun and field goal percentage. They're just ridiculously efficient. Talk to us about those two guys. Yeah, they're good players, man, and they're unbelievable people. They they both have a unique skill set. Um and a lot of people talk about, well, Shiloh was starting, then Blake starting, that position, all that. I think the really cool thing to be able to watch with them was uh, or is, and, and we, Josh Rutledge, who's the vice president of our spiritual development, we're very fortunate he spends a lot of time with our team. And um, he mentioned once that, that love is wanting for someone else what you want for yourself and not wanting for someone else what you don't want for yourself. And we get to see that every day with those guys because like people would say they're competing for the same spot, man, they're so for each other. And when Shiloh does great, Blake's the most excited. When Blake does great, Shiloh's the most excited. So honestly, I think that spurns some of that, that, that production on the court. Um, when you know you have someone that, that has your back like that, that may play a similar position, it gives you a lot of trust. It, it gives you a lot of freedom to play with. And they've really highlighted their talents. They've been amazing on the offensive glass. They've been really good on the glass. Um, I think they both have tremendous gravity around the rim. We've got some guys that can throw some roller lobs now, so they're able to finish those. Uh, I just I, I think they're both in a spot where they're really confident right now. That's great for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Colin Porter, uh, I think he's – um, just finished the seventh grade and he is starting on, you know, this, this uh, outstanding basketball team. Don't tell him I said that. Uh, he's a great player. Um, but is, are there any other freshmen that you see developing that maybe just, you know, to the casual viewer, to the fan that maybe we don't see it, that it's maybe not translating to us, but you see it, uh, you see the development and the potential. Yeah. I, I think all our freshmen have been tremendous. Um, you know, obviously, he's probably seen more minutes recently. Zach Cleveland, you you guys have seen the impact he's had on the court, and we're so looking forward to be able to get back, get him back on game nights, and, and hopefully that soon. Um, he, he's got a unique ability to see the game. He can really pass. He can create. He's got a toughness about him. He's got athleticism with it, so he can he can move his feet and do things defensively. And then, you know, Ben Sutherland and J.C. Schreier have been guys that are redshirted for us. And uh, I, I've been really proud of them because these are the dog days of the redshirt year. You know, like you, this is the longest probably you've ever gone in your life since you started playing basketball without it, like an actual game. You're coming in every day, 
to work for practice. Plus you, you got to get extra work in to really make this redshirt your account. And uh, they, they've approached it with a lot of toughness and, and it takes toughness this time of year because you don't have that carrot of a game on Thursday and Saturday. And, and sometimes it can kind of be, man, like, what am I doing this for? Or man, can we just get to next year? Can we get to the spring? So I'm eligible. Um, and, and that, I think this time of year is, it's, it's really easy to kind of forget about that, that this is a hard time for them to push through that wall. And the guys that do, man, they see a tremendous amount of growth their, their second year. Uh, coach, uh, I, I know you guys track every shot, regardless of, uh, if it goes in or not, you track if it's a good shot or bad shot. I, I don't know how much of the trade secrets you're allowed to give away, but can you tell us a little bit about that process and kind of what goes into that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's that groundbreaking, Nick, like we, we want good shots. We want great shots. And that's different for each player, you know, like a, a, a great shot for Darius McGee might be different than Blake Preston. Um, you know, we really don't judge a possession by whether it goes in. Like wh- one of my favorite things ever is, and, and hopefully you'll see our bench do it. Like we'll, we'll have a great possession, move the ball, get a wide open shot and miss it. And our bench is really excited. Because, like, it, everything we've done, the, the work for years in the summer, putting up shots, the, the process of that possession, how we pursued the rim, how we passed the ball, all that stuff. If we've done all that right, once it leaves your hand, it's out of our control, man. Like, and, and I know, like, I know what guys are going to shoot on shots. So, like, all right, 40% from three is pretty good in basketball, right? Well, that means you're missing six out of ten. Like it's, it's almost like baseball, a game of failure a little bit. Um, so we're mindful of, you know, what shots we're taking, what shots are good for us uh, on a team and an individual basis. And we really want to try to pursue those. And like I said earlier, we want guys to be great at what they're good at. Yeah, I love that. Uh, really cool insight. Uh, really love the process of that. All right, uh, I got two more questions for you. One from uh, the comments, really good question from Ray. Uh, DJ, outside of basketball, what is the one thing you love about being at Liberty? <laughs> uh, the people, the people, man. It, I, I remember during the interview process before I came here, coach asked me like, why would you come and, or what would excite you about going to Liberty? And it's like, well, I've heard that you're kind of the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that really excites me about being here. And man, has that been true? Uh, even more than I've, I've realized. Um, it, it's, it's a special place. And the people that I get to do life with every day, it's it's genuinely life changing. All right, lad, I got two more questions because I got one, and then John, going, I'm here. John sent me one. Uh, I wanted to ask you about this because uh, this is interesting to me: the new A Sun format with four teams not getting into the tournament. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's going to create some weird end of season where teams are playing for a spot in the tournament, or maybe it's a little bit different? Have you guys thought about that at all? Yeah, not really. It's, it's not really that some that's gone into our planning. Um, well, I don't our, think it's going to bother you, but <laughs> well, I, I, you know, there, there's so many things and tiebreakers and all this stuff that that is beyond your control. And honestly, you just end up wasting energy thinking about it. Um, so, I mean, again, it's cliche, but like our our hope is like to be in present in the moment. Um, and appreciative of it and operate out of gratitude and really pursue, pursue at a high level. Uh, you know, I, it'll be interesting. It, it's a different format than we've ever had. Uh, you know, having that first round game at 
in the one or two seed site is a little different touch. So, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what will go out. Like once you clear that, it, it's kind of a normal setup. So, you know, our hope is we, we keep taking care of business and hopefully we have a, a home game or two when the tournament con- time comes. That um, that championship game is three o'clock. And if you guys are fortunate enough to be there, th- does that bother you? A three o'clock game when you, you know, all season long, you're playing seven, seven o'clock. We get to play. <laughs> you, you get to play. It doesn't matter what time. Uh, yeah. Championship doesn't any, matter. Oh, man, it doesn't matter. The, the team you're playing is playing at the same time. There's no advantage, disadvantage. Uh, I don't think our guys would care if it's 3 a.m. Like, let's go. <laughs> so you said something there, Coach, that uh, I, I wasn't aware of because I don't want to dog on the ASM, but they don't necessarily have the most information on their site about the, the tournament. So is the the teams in the first round they're playing like so if liberty was the number 1 seed would the 9 and 10 play at liberty and then the winner would play at liberty the next day that's correct oh wow okay breaking news on a sea of red light well, I, don't call me on that but I, that's my understanding <laughs> of it well it, it, it makes sense i i didn't think they'd have a team travel from florida in like one correct. day but the way of the site doesn't say anything about that so that's uh that makes huh. sense like that's kind of cool. I would love to go to that game, just like you know, a random you know game in a tournament. It kind of has that that old tournament feel. Yeah, yeah. All right, one last question for you. This is from our guy John. Uh, what does Coach McKay mean to you? Uh, man, uh, we probably don't have enough time for that tonight. <laughs> um, he is being able to work with and for him is probably what everyone watching would expect. Um, he is incredibly genuine. Uh, it's truly about the people first. He's really intentional about connecting with the people and and that's our staff knowing our guys and all that. So to, to be able to have a relationship with that is, is incredible and being able to see that firsthand, how he does that as a head coach is, uh, man, really, really helpful for me. And I've grown so much being able to work with him, being able to watch him live firsthand. And, uh, man, he's impacting lives because he makes that a priority. And he's really competitive, really competitive. And he's not going to do that at the expense of trying to grow young men. And, uh, yeah, I, we're, we're blessed. And we're really blessed. And the fact that we get to do life with him every day, it's a, a direct representation of probably what you see many nights with, with our team. Well, Coach, thank you so much for taking some time with us. This was awesome. We could have chatted with you all night. And uh, uh, best of uh, luck this weekend. Big road trip for for uh, the Flames at uh, Austin P and Lipscomb. And uh, uh, looking forward to seeing how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah, man, really appreciate you guys. Like, you, you guys do so much for our program and how you support it. And, and like, stuff like this, it's, it's incredible. Like, I, I don't know of – another school at our level that has something, maybe any level uh, that has something like this and how professionally it's done. So please know how much we appreciate how you support our program, how you, you help spread the word and um, man, keep it going. We, we love what you're doing. Well, we love the basketball team. We remember the, uh, the days of being 330th in Ken Palm. So uh, this is very easy to do right now. <laughs> we are blessed. God is good. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have a quick word from Ironclad Coffee and then me and Will will be right back with some more.
Virginia's best and most flames-friendly coffee comes from Ironclad Coffee Roasters. Ironclad Roasters serves up their beautiful beans at two cafes in Richmond, but you can enjoy their crafted roasted specialty beans from anywhere in the country by visiting www.ironcladcoffee.com. Place your order there and it'll be roasted to your order and shipped out directly to your doorstep. Whenever you find yourself in the Commonwealth, pay them a visit at their two cafes in the Richmond area. Ironclad's owners, the Overwork family, are proud Flames Club members and are pleased to sponsor these podcasts by Sea Red. Hop on over to their website at www.ironcladcoffee.com now to get Virginia's best specialty coffee headed your way. All right. Wow, that was a lot of fun, uh, Coach. Uh, so nice of him to join us. That Behind the scenes, that was a last-minute thing. He came on and joined us. I hope to have some more coaches on. Uh, really cool uh, just to, to get his insight. And had some some breaking news, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, that, that's really cool. I, I love that. I think that's kind of a weird quirk. And uh, is, is Coach going to be, like, front row, right in the middle, watching that, that game? Yeah, a little scouting. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be uh, cool. All right. Well, Will, you were kind of talking about Kennesaw, and, and I had to cut you off to, to make sure we kind of hit our schedule as close as we could. Uh, you're, I like the point that you made about, you know, I, I think their team's really, really good, but I think you had a really good point about how they haven't played any of these big games. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, just, I mean, I was watching uh, clips of the, um, you know, tournament game against Mississippi State, and, you know, Darius is getting in that game, and then you see Blake Preston on the bench, and, you know, they all they have known since their time at Liberty is big games, and, you know, Kennesaw has not been in any of those big games, and so you just wonder if those two are running away from the pack and they get to the championship game somehow. Um or even before for Kennesaw, you know, is that big game going to be something that's a challenge for not only for their players, but for their coaching staff as well? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's interesting. I, uh, definitely something to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm though incredibly impressed with Kennesaw every time I watch oh, yeah. them. I feel like they're better every time I watch them. And, uh, and they are talented enough to win the conference tournament and go to the NCAA championship, but you just wonder how much experience plays a factor in that. Yeah. Let's take a quick look at uh, what Liberty has complete, completed so far. Northwestern moved to a quad one. Uh, so Liberty now uh, 500 or better in every other quad. So that's good. Um, you know, Florida Gulf Coast, that was a quad three win. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think Liberty's um, resume overall continues to look pretty good. In terms of, you know, not in that large, but I, I think Liberty's trending towards a potential 12 seed um, if they are able to win the tournament, you know, depending on how many more losses they take or maybe none at all. Will, <laughs> upcoming schedule. Yeah. I think the most likely outcome is they lose one more. I think this could, team could run the table, though. Yeah, they could. Um <laughs> I had been saying that Austin P could be a trap game, but I also didn't see Liberty blowing everybody out um, in these last four games against these Florida teams. So I, my concern has has come down a little bit on that. But you still got some tough games. Um, Eastern Kentucky, they've already beat us one time. At Lipscomb is not going to be a cakewalk. And then you've got, a, you've got that big uh, Kennesaw State game coming up. If you get through that, you feel pretty good. 
but I never liked the fact of playing two teams back to back like that. Um, and every team does it um, in the conference play, and ours just happens to be at the end of the year. <laughs> so that's a little scary. Especially if you have everything wrapped up. Like, yeah. there's nothing to play for. I can see that being a, a real trap. Right. Yeah, man. I, Austin P stinks, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's no, you, one of those never, trap games yeah. for, historically for Liberty. So, yeah. I mean, you never played them. Man, they've lost, what, six in a row. They got blasted by Jacksonville State. Oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, that Lipscomb game is a little makes me a little nervous. That that also kind of feels like a coach was talking about on his uh, presser today about how you know Lenny Acuff wasn't at that at that first game, and I was like, mm-hmm. eh, yeah, I don't know that that one kind of feel. They've been playing better, although I think they got swept over the weekend. Um, yeah, I feel like they're always just one of those teams that could get you know go on a streak and and just pull off pull off a win that, that you wouldn't expect for them to. Yeah. Liberty's not going to lose to EKU. They're going to beat them by 30. I will call my shot now. Uh, okay. They're not losing that game. After after EKU won that game with Liberty missing 8,000 threes, they, those guys are going to be so motivated. Bet your life savings, Liberty minus 14 uh, on that one. Just kidding. Don't do that. That's bad advice. Um, <laughs> But uh, selfishly, I, I kind of hope Liberty and Kennesaw are undefeated uh, on February 16th. Yeah. Now, if I can guarantee a win. Now, <laughs> if not, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But but that would be awesome. It would be really cool because I think uh, you know guys like John Rothstein will hype up that game. So that would be really cool to see and, and, and kind of have that, you know, maybe not as on the level of that Liberty Lipscomb in 2019, but probably mm-hmm. biggest since then, right? Yeah, I would say so. Because Jacksonville State was so early in the year last year. Right. Um, and, and, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that looks pretty cool. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get to uh, some best college basketball bets of the week with Richie Longshots. Fellas, what's up? Living life. Lakers are blowing a halftime lead like they always do. And uh, that's far for the course. Chad did not want in apparently. He had, I mean, with when the hats on. I mean, I thought that he he looked like he was ready to 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 dive in with us to some picks. John decided to join us tonight since John is uh, blazing hot. Uh, tail John Manson, as the the kids like to call him. Don't, What's up, don't, John? Yeah, don't do it because as soon as I have a nice week like this, I'll be two and nine next week. So don't do it. Richie's still, I mean, I go nine and two and I'm still like, what, five games behind Richie? Like, I need two more weeks like I just had to catch him. Yeah, yeah but it's a, it's enough for me to know, to notice. And I'm looking over my shoulder. You know, they say don't don't spend so much time looking in the rearview mirror. You're going to crash the car. I'm trying not to look in the rearview mirror, but it's, I've noticed. All right. None of y'all have caught me yet, so. <laughs> yeah. Will is uh, undefeated. Undefeated. The Rev Doc undefeated. All right, this was last week. Uh, yeah, uh, I had an ugly week. Not as ugly as Chad, um, but ugly. That's why he left. Yeah, <laughs> three and eight, you're not going to stay on. Uh, so, yeah, this is what it is. Here's what we got this week, fellas. Uh, let's get to it. Let me put the schedule up so the kids at home can see what's going on. All right, uh, I'm the lone riding queens on the road. Um I don't know this one, man. I, I, Queens had a better shot quality. That's why I went with this one. I, this, 
I have no idea on this game. I, I texted. Oh, I'm sorry, Nick. No, I say, do you have any strong convictions? I do. I, I do like this game a lot. I texted Nick uh, yesterday. I said, I hate all my picks. I hate them all. And then when I was, uh, you know, typing up my notes today, I went, you know what? Maybe I don't hate all of my picks. Um, Lipscomb, six and two at home this year. Queens, two, seven and one in their last 10 against the spread. And the last time Queens had a weekend on the road, they were 0 and two against the spread and straight up. Uh, so to me, Lipscomb right there. Hey, Mrs. Manson. So I, I saw Lipscomb. I, I like the home team in a spot like this, and uh, hopefully start the start the week off well. I started last week. I was like five and two going into Saturday, and it all fell apart. I went one and three. It was just a complete disaster. Teams were blowing leads. wasn't good. Yeah, I mean Lipscomb. You guys were talking by thirty or whatever it was to Liberty then. Uh, they come back and reel off a few wins in a row. So I'm not exactly sure. I, I didn't I didn't have a strong conviction either way. I was just kind of going with the home team. Yeah, I, I thought Queens was impressive this weekend when I watched them. They did have a sweep, so I don't know. And, and as soon as I like made this graphic, then I saw a tweet today that the A Sun uh home teams are twenty-four and nine against the spread this year. <laughs> the, the best in so, yeah, you're probably better off riding the home team, but we'll see. Hey, you know, uh, go Queens. All right, we're all on Kennesaw at Bellarmine. Uh, this is definitely a game, but this is a three-point line. Uh, I will put some real coin on. Uh, I think this is probably more of like a five, five-and-a-half long shots. Yeah, same thing. I was shocked that it was three. I mean, we did we did have a consensus pick last week that whiffed Alabama <laughs> – Got the doors blown off of them. It was the game was over at the under twelve, and I went, I went double checked, and I went, yep, we all took Alabama. Um, so sure, I mean it all it looks good now, and we're we're saying yeah, that the line should be five six, but at the end of the day, you know, we could be which it which is fine. If Bellamine wants to go and flat out win the game, I'll take the loss. I think we'll all take the loss if yeah. it means that, that BU wins this game outright. We'll I'll take the loss. So nice little emotional hedge. If they do decide to, I'll lose the game. Johnny, thoughts on the Kennesaw Bellerman heavy? Yeah, no, no, I don't have much thought on that. I mean, you would think Kennesaw would win, but uh, you know, and I got to watch a couple of their games. I guess it was Saturday's game. I watched a lot of that. That man, they look really good, and and that game February sixteenth is going to be a lot of fun. But we got to get there first. They are due for a clunker. I will say that they are due for a clunker. So I don't think it's Bellerman. I. That faded Bellarmine all year. I thought that team's really bad. They've played a little better. I don't know. Uh, I did go the right way on this, though, going with the home favorite on Stetson minus eight. Uh, North Alabama, they've won four in a row, but, I mean, two were Central Arkansas. The other were at home against really impressive 18-point winning against Jacksonville, but the other one's at North Florida. I don't know. I think, I think Stetson, I think they're going to wake up. I think this is a good spot for them at home. I think they cover that eight. Yeah, I, I think I messed something up because I think Setson's going to win the game. Oh, I, our, in, yeah. in my defense, I did highlight Stetson, but you do tell us to check the picks. So <laughs> that's on me for not. I'm it's looking in. at my notes, and like all the notes I have on this game are like disparaging UNA, which is exactly what you said. How, like, yeah, they won their last four, but they beat no one. Um, Stetson's four and one at home. 
Yeah, I expect Stetson to win this game. I just thought eight points was a little on the high side, especially with UNA playing playing good the past few games. But uh, I I wouldn't I don't trust it. I mean, I don't trust North Alabama. I mean, they can lose to anybody by ten plus points, and and Stetson certainly has the ability to to, to pick up a win like that. But I, I don't I don't like it. Don't have, feel strongly either way. Yeah, don't change it either because I gotta just. I can't give Manson any breathing room, so just stick the stick with uh, <laughs> Northern Alabama. I'll be fine. We'll we'll let All it right. I, I was gonna give you the opportunity. Uh, so you're okay. He's he is riding with North Alabama yeah. and the Fighting Tony Pujols. You you can do that when you got a five game lead. Yeah, yeah. Just yep. Screw it. Yeah. We got a guy. When when are we ending this? When's the tournament start? Let's get this. <laughs> let me get to the finish line above fifty percent. All right, Chad, fading Liberty, the wagon of all wagons right now, the Liberty Flames. And it's not just me. The people across the country are talking about the wagon that is the Liberty Flames. Man, Austin P is bad. Like, Liberty should win this by 20. Uh, I mean, you never know what happens on the road, but I don't know. I think this is – I think this line's going to be a lot higher than 13. Yeah, they're, they're... – Austin P is 0-5 against the spread in their last five. Um, also, I had for years when people said like Austin P, I thought that was just like their nickname, like the P stood for something until they <laughs> until they started showing up. I'm like, oh, it's actually just P. Like I thought it stood for like like uh like Prairie View or some nonsense like that. But no, legitimately P. So uh yeah, I don't think it doesn't matter what it is. I think they get just the doors blown off of them. I faded Liberty last week, oh and two, so I'm back on the train. Hand up, that's on well, me. And if I may, I've heard that this is uh for certain the greatest Liberty basketball team ever. <laughs> so that Chad, the Kool-Aid drinker, would fade Liberty like that is almost inconceivable. Against P. Yeah. Against P. I mean, it it very well. He was going to say something great there. I know it. Yeah. Fade Manson's Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> say it again, John. Yeah. We didn't hear you. Cut out. I said this very well may be the best Liberty basketball team <laughs> of all time. There you go. I think there we got to print a shirt that just says may. May. <laughs> may. Uh, but, yeah, Liberty's a wagon. Go with them until uh, they let you down. Liberty's been the only like a sun team that the lines have not been almost like Bible to Ken Palm. Like everyone else is like almost exactly starts out there. Liberty, well, starts out like three points extra. I think Liberty has a built in and the computer models extra three points. Uh, go Flames! All right, a good one. Purdue at Indiana. Uh, long shots, the only one taking the Hoosiers at home. Strictly emotional. I hate watching Edie play basketball. He is just, he's been in, how long has he been in college? 16 years. It's, it's preposterous. Every time I watch him, he goes for rebounds, ball hits him in the face. I he's, but he's allegedly the most like productive player in college basketball. It is absolutely unfathomable. I, I, I hate this pick. I don't know why I took Indiana. Um, my notes, I think it's going to be a one possession game. And if that's the case, give me the points. Both games last year were one possession games. Um, Indiana nine and five at home this year against the spread. I just hate, I hate Purdue. I hate Edie's smug little face. Simple. Let, let the big man eat. Zach Edie's going for 35 in this game and, and leading the Boilermakers to a win. Ugh. How boring would Purdue in the final four be? Like, 
That's early to bed Monday night. I don't care who they're playing. If they're in the natty, Purdue, oh, oh. I don't know. With betting being legal in Ohio, there's no such thing as a boring college basketball game anymore. Um, you put you put Purdue on the screen at 930 at night, and you're going to see some people going to bed early. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I'm getting boat raced by a guy who just made a pick because he doesn't like a player. Jeez. Uh, All right. This is a great Saturday slate, by the way. Look at this. Yeah. You went uh, all Thursday, Saturday. I mean, I was like trying to get some variety. Like, I can't take any of these Saturday games off. They're all great and they're good pick games too. Kansas and Iowa State. Man, I I think Kansas is maybe back. I don't know. Are they getting boat raced right now? I haven't even checked. Them up. <laughs> but uh, I just I think Kansas is better than Iowa State. I'm a little uh, uh, triggered after what they did last night. Uh, I. I- I woke up to three separate group chats with three like independent groups, all like three different friends and three different group chats complaining about Iowa State blowing the twenty point lead last night. Like it was, it was everyone was affected by it. I saw that and I went, "Oh, this is this is bad." I, it's, I I don't, I don't like the Iowa State pick now. I mean, I guess it's a positive that they're home. Um, they're undefeated at home this year, but when you blow a twenty point lead. To Texas Tech, come on! Oh and eight Texas. Oh and eight. Oh and eight Texas Tech. It was. I don't know if, if you either come back from that or that's that's the DVD moment of when the season turned around. But I, I don't. This game's going to be very interesting. Both teams are just. They could be a tie. They could they could be in the final four or they could be out in the the the, the first week of the tournament. So it's very interesting. Tangent on that for a quick second. I I feel that way. Long shots and John and Will, anyone chime in here. I feel like this year there is not a single team that I trust to get to the second weekend of the tournament. Like normally, like I know we say, oh, there are so many teams that win the national championship. And yeah, like that's overdone. I Like Houston, I, I thought they were a wagon, but they just lost to Temple. Alabama just got boat raced by Oklahoma. I don't think there's a single team that I say, Yep, that team is for sure getting to the second weekend of the tournament. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. There's there's no one team. I mean, uh, we got Virginia here, the next pick we're going to talk about, and they're another team that's that's been very good, but they're also been up and down a little bit, and you, you kind of scratch your head sometimes at some of their final scores. So um, it's it's wide open. I literally think there's probably 15 teams that that have a legit shot at, at a national championship. All right, the next game, I went with Tech at home. I mean, they played Virginia tough. They almost I feel like they they had a really good chance to win that game. So, I just think at home, I'm going to take them. You guys obviously disagree. No way I'm taking the Hokies. Yeah. High <laughs> test. Wow. All right. Uh, the big one, not really. I think this game is boring. Uh I hated last year that they, they were playing this during uh, Liberty's semifinal game and like the whole world's talking about it. And I'm like, this is no, I don't care about this. It's a sun tournament play, but UNC at Duke, I'm taking Duke at home and the home team. Usually actually, I think that's bad. I think that was the road team had a lot of success lately in this matchup. Well, you would know I mean, last year, last year, UNC, obviously uh, they, they won that game. You were referencing the semifinal game. It was super stressful. I was at a wedding, and I had the Duke Carolina game on my phone, and I had the Liberty game on my wife's phone during dinner. 
Um, and yeah, it was it was a spectacle. Was it a spectacle like you trying to pull this off? Like, there's no way I could pull this off. Well, I mean, I was just I was well behaved at the time, um, and she knew she was like both games are big. Uh, there were two kids behind me that were huge Duke fans, um, and I was just basically play by playing everything for them, rubbing it in their faces. Uh, it was glorious. Richie long shots. That's that's it. Just adds to the legend every week. Yeah, he, he's always got some stories, but I mean, I don't trust either Duke or Carolina this year. I kind of. You know, just felt four points in, in this rivalry game, regardless of where it's being played, just kind of felt, you know, I know it's a small margin, but I still kind of felt a little high. I feel like, you know, th- these games always come down to the last last second, last shot. Uh, so that's the only reason why I went with the Tar Heels. But I'd love to get Will's thoughts on this. I know I know he'll be watching, right? No, I probably won't be watching. Um, I have not followed Carolina and Duke closely since I became a Liberty student. So, back in 2003 but um yeah i mean i think duke is a bunch of hot garbage and um you know i don't trust carolina either like you were saying i don't think either team i think they're both overhyped um i think nc state is probably the best team in the in north carolina right now i thought you were going to say the acc (laughs) i don't know about that that but definitely north carolina uh i come real quick uh, Nick, have I showed you the video of when Carolina beat Duke in the Final Four this year? Have I said, have I showed you that? I was at a I was down in Tampa at a bachelor party. I've seen a lot of. I feel like you're at a bachelor party quite a bit, and I've gotten Too quite often. a few videos <laughs> of that. I, I don't know if we, I, I get them mixed up. I would love to see it again. Though, yeah, so. I will send it. Um, I took UNC very simple. The rivalry is dead. It is over. Curtains. Nothing will ever bring Duke back from the embarrassment that took place um, last Final Four. Uh, fun fact, John Shire, who I said before, over his head. Do you know what his record Certainly. was? Do you know what his record was as a player at Cameron Indoor Stadium? One in three. The lights are too big for him. Carolina by 10. Wow. wow. I agree with that. Wow. By 10? So, Richie, talk about over the – uh, you talk about the uh, rivalry being dead. I've heard of yeah. another rivalry that's dead. Uh, Liberty Coastal Carolina, is that rivalry dead? Dead. You 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 steal someone's coach in the middle of the night, dead. They would need to beat us in like a New Year's Six type situation. Dead rivalry. Michigan-Ohio State, that rivalry? No, they didn't play in the – if they would have played – in the college football playoffs, that would ruin a rivalry. So there's certain situations that could kill a rivalry. But yes, Liberty Coastal, dead. Burn the beat Coastal shirts. Didn't know McKay coached at Coastal. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh... <laughs> All right, Gonzaga at St. Mary's. Uh, I think St. Mary's is like the most underrated team in the country. I think this is a sleeper national champion team they are like seventh again bomb right now uh i don't like a team that's like never gone deep in the tournament to win it all but if you're looking at a long shot with odds i think st mary i think st mary's is going to win this and i think people are going to really start putting some respect on the gales they're playing well um but anytime gonzaga's catching six this is not uh, that gonzaga team though they just lost uh Loyola Marymount at home. Sure. 
I'm going to take six points every day. I'm a sucker, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you, Nick. I do think St. Mary's a little underrated, and, and Gonzaga's still a little overrated. You know, their name, you just kind of look at them and think, uh, you know, they're going to take care of business, and six does seem like a lot. Uh, but but I'm going with St. Mary's. I think they're the better team and playing at home against a team that they, you know, that has owned the uh, West Coast Conference what, for, what, two, three decades. Uh, you know they're going to be fired up, ready to – to take care of business here and prove that they're the better team this year. So uh, give me the Gales. Could go wrong, but but I'll, I'll ride with them. I, I, I don't love the Chad is uh, in my corner for this one. So <laughs> I'm just going to let it ride. I'll be asleep by the time this game tips. It's like 1030, 1130. It's one of those late ones you sneak in there. That's, that's God's time for college basketball. Hey. <laughs> Liberty at eight o'clock on Thursday. Let's go. Yes, uh, and and five o'clock Saturday. So we got some good things going. Beautiful. Uh, I'll double down. St. Mary sweeps Gonzaga this year. They win the game at Gonzaga oh. too. Yeah, let's ride. All right. This is uh, this was the Liberty game that I had a little more trouble with just because of it, it felt it's like that North Florida feel. Like I know Liberty is well more than eight points better than Lipscomb even on the road, but had some bad performances in that building against teams that were much better. Do you guys think there's any trap here? No, we just blew them out by what? 28. Do you think he's going to swing 20 points? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Lipscomb's always a scary team and, and, you know, this is a, a game, and that's uh, kind of been a rivalry for the A-Sun, probably the biggest rival Liberty has had in the A-Sun uh, since joining the league. And uh, unless they meet in the in the tournament here in a few weeks, this will be the last time the two play, maybe ever. Um, so a little, little interesting side note there as the two LUs go up against each other. But, yeah, I mean, I just think Liberty's, you know, better. You know, eight points on the road, I get it, but – uh, it could be a close game, but I, but I just again riding Liberty. They're they're playing so good, uh, and I I just don't trust Lipscomb. I don't trust Asana Sajula. I don't. I just don't t- trust that team. Yeah, that'll be a it'll be an interesting one. I uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see how that one turns out. And then completely split on this Kennesaw at EQ. This is fun because uh, Liberty at Lipscomb is at five. Uh, and then uh, Kennesaw EKU is at seven. So Liberty's able to get both of these wins. We could really focus our full attention on that. See if Kennesaw can finally take that first loss, assuming they they do take care of business against Bellarmine. I went back and forth on this one. I just think Kennesaw's the better team. Um, I know EKU has been really good at home. I don't know. I I just went with the better team. That's that's my. I think Kennesaw's the better team. I went with my heart. EKU, though they are ten and one straight up at home this year, and if this is a, a, a one possession game, they're seven and two against the spread at home. Yes, uh, Kennesaw State nine and four against the spread this year, so both teams covering. However, away not as good, six and five, still above five hundred. But um, EKU seven and two at home. I imagine you know the fans that they are going to be riled up Saturday night home game. Um, so. I hope I'm right for this one. The other one, I hope I'm wrong when they play Bellamy, but this one, we'll see. 
Yeah, on, on this one, I'm kind of in the same boat. It could go either way. EKU, you know, I just echo what you guys have said. They've been so good at home, and we saw that firsthand about a month ago. And and uh, you know, and plus, you know, a little bit of my heart in this pick too, because I'm gonna be watching this game. And I was kind of going back and forth. I'm like, when I'm watching this game, I'm gonna be pulling for EKU to win, regardless of what I pick. So I may as well pick it too. Um, so yeah, that, that's part of that. And like. Kennesaw has to slip up at some point in time, don't they? I mean, I'm looking at their schedule, and, like, you go game by game. I'm like, they should win every game with the question mark being the Liberty game, obviously. Um, but they they have to lose at some point. And I feel like if they don't lose this weekend, whether it's Bellarmine, which I don't expect, or EKU, I'm not sure there's another team that's going to beat them on the conference slate um, with the exception of, of possibly Liberty. Well, you read my mind, John, because that's exactly where I was going. Um, if they don't lose this weekend, I think it comes down to that game because it's not not only would they have to slip up once, they have to slip up twice because they win the tiebreaker. So if they don't lose this weekend, I don't see them losing two more games the rest of the way because they, assuming they're beating Liberty is their, their toughest game remaining. So, yeah, I think if they don't lose, I think uh, it's uh, that game is going to decide the number one seed. Yeah, that's a good point. I think if those two teams, regardless whether they go both go one and one or both go two and zero oh this week, if they're still tied at the end of this week, it's that that game will likely determine uh, who's who's the one seed and who's got home court, and who also gets an automatic bid to the NIT uh, should they falter in the A Sun tournament. So uh, th- th- there will be a lot riding on that game, and I've heard there may be uh, an A Sun travel party heading. To Kennesaw, February sixteenth. Oh, 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 exciting! We'll tease it, tease it, love it. All right, uh, I'm just gonna wrap this up here. I do have one more thing I wanted to share. I meant to share this earlier. Talked to John a little bit about this earlier today. Another stat for the best Liberty basketball team of all time. Being a little facetious at this point, but I, I kind of enjoy being the heel on this, the heel that roots for Liberty. But whatever. Um, Torvik, site like Ken Palm, very similar. Uh, I've talked about it a little bit before, but it has one cool feature where you can look at just certain games. So if you look at only conference games, Liberty is the 17th best team in the country. And I know people at first thought, well, it's just ASUN games. No, 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 no. I, I looked at every year. This is, if you're watching the screen, this is Liberty's ranking in conference-only games according to Torvik. Liberty has not been ranked higher than 75. It is more difficult to get a higher ranking in these computer models in conference tournament games or conference games than non-conference games because you have to win these games by such a high margin. So just another stat here to show just how dominant this Liberty team has been in conference play. They've been one of the best teams in the country, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I'll keep riding it. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. There's a lot of games left, but... 17th in the country in conference play. And and look, do you see any teams that look like fluky teams on that list? Alabama, St. Mary's, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Iowa State, TCU. I mean, these are all legit teams that they're up with. So, Yeah, I mean, when, when you shared that stat with me, my jaw literally dropped. Uh, just seeing a 17 by Liberty's name, that's just insane. And, I mean, Liberty's had some really good runs in conference since joining the ASUN, I mean, 14 and 2, 13 and 3 type records, 10 and 2 the COVID year. 
and uh, you know, sitting here nine and one and and against who we all said all season long entering the conference play and, and as we've gotten into it is the deepest the league's ever been. And uh, you know, Liberty is as and these games aren't even close. I mean, the only game that, you know, out of the first 10 that's even been, you know, on pins and needles, you know, as you go down through the final stretch uh, run of the game was that EKU game. Uh, it felt like it might be that way Saturday against FGCU in the first half, but then Liberty came out in the second half and just, you know, went on another run, gave him another, uh, you know, big run to, to push it out. But um, yeah, I mean, that's remarkable. We really cannot say enough. And I know, you know, everybody on the screen, we've talked about it plenty, but um, just how good this basketball team has been playing since really Thanksgiving. I mean, you take out that one Oral Roberts game where, you know, you had the 20 turnovers like coach Johnson was talking about earlier, but I mean, it's just insane. It's as good of a run that Liberty's ever had. It has to be better as long as it's gone. Cause we keep saying, this is the best two-week run, three-week run Liberty's ever had. Well, now you're talking, you know, six weeks of just insane basketball play, and and I I can't imagine there's been a previous run this good. And you go back to your your net rankings uh, or the the team sheet, eleven and zero against quad four. I mean, there's still you know several more quad four games left, but that's that's impressive. I mean, no other Liberty team has ever done that. I mean. You know, even those teams in 19 and 20, I mean, they, they would stub their toe against – I mean, you play 15-plus Q4 games. I mean, it, you go 14 and 1 or whatever, it's not it's not bad. But it, it's been very impressive to see. Yeah, that's yeah. a good hey, – Go sorry, ahead, Nick. Go ahead, John. And Nick, Nick too, this is for you. This is for – and for Richie, for all of you guys. But what do you think makes the A-Sun tougher this year as far as – I mean, do you think it's like the way that the conference overall performed out of conference and beating some P5 teams? Do you think it's just the transfer portal has that much effect? Or do you think it just, you know, the way the rotation is that, you know, teams are older and, and better now? What what makes it so much more parity in the league this year, you guys think? Well, EKU not stinking. Like, they were really bad last year. I mean, but they had a lot of injuries, too. So, like, they kind of – they were a team that we thought was going to be competitive last year, and then they weren't. So, I think it was maybe a little bit of fool's goal. They weren't as bad last year as uh, as maybe they, they appeared. Queens has been a nice addition. I mean, they're they've been one of the, the higher teams in all of the, the ranking systems. They've had some nice wins. They beat Marshall. Um, just been – you know, there's been a lot of uh, – uh, a lot of like North Alabama beat Ole Miss. I mean, it's just you go down every team and you'll find something good that just about every team minus, you know, maybe Austin P and uh, uh, Jacksonville State did something good. And, and Florida Gulf Coast has been really bad in the A Sun had had the best non conference of anyone. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I think it's just it's all of those things. It's it's the highest rated conference according to Ken Palm that Liberty's ever played, in, including the Big South. So this is the best conference Liberty's played in and Liberty's dominating it minus one game where they had a historically bad shooting game. Like their worst shooting game in like five years. That's what it took to beat Liberty by three points at home. Yeah. You know, I agree with what you said. I mean, FGCU, we all thought, you know, a month ago, six weeks ago, that was going to be the team to beat. Um, they had a really good non-conference uh, slate. They beat USC out in California, their, their former head coach, and had really no bad losses. And 
really – I mean, that's a really athletic team. That's a team that nobody's going to want to play in the A-Sun tournament. I mean, they're really good. Um, you know, I know they, they've struggled. But what are they, four and six in conference play? So a team that good and that talented. And, and for it to be a Q3 game here on this graphic, um, you know, and they're four and six in the league. That, that's crazy. Um, but but also Kennesaw State is, has taken that step. And that's a team that – you know, three years ago, we said, oh, wow, they got the top 50 ranked recruiting class in the country. Well, now all those guys are juniors and seniors. They've been around. They've, they've stuck together. Uh, if you look at the roster, some of the exact same roster they had last year. And that can be good or bad, but they've been trending up a couple of years. And I think they're finally starting to put it together. They had a couple questionable losses in non-con. So we didn't re- really necessarily expect them to be, you know, nine and one at this point in time. But but they're good and they're confident. And uh, they're believing they can get it done. And and I also think they're, it, it's a lot deeper league. I mean, you go nine, ten teams deep um, that could win just about every game, if you take the Liberty out of the equation probably. But uh, they could win just about any game they play. And even, you know, the, you could almost say there's no basement. I mean, I know Austin Peay struggled and Jacksonville State, I think they picked up a one or two this past week. Uh, so they, they've turned it on. So it's no easy win for most teams other than Liberty, uh, most nights. So um, it, it's been fun to fun to watch and fun to follow. No, I definitely want to echo what, what everyone else said. I, I think the way the landscape of college basketball kind of is headed, and, and I mentioned it, I think, last week, talking about the way the transfer portal NIL is. And I think we're in a situation where you don't need to be at Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, or Kansas to get your name out there. Look at the players that are balling out and staying at these programs. They're looking, going, hey, John Moran went number two overall because he balled out when the lights were on. So players are realizing, I think, listen, I can stay where I'm at. I'm in a good situation. Be the guy and not have to go fight for, for minutes at a blue blood, at a power five school. So I think you're getting players that, that are some of the best players in the conference rather than leaving and, and going somewhere else, staying home. And competing, I think when that happens over time, you know, you get that talent that builds up um, and it, it's good for the conference. Excited about it. Yeah. Uh, one stat, I mean, I know there's more teams now, but there's eight teams in the top 225 of Ken Palm in the A-Sun. In 2020, there was two, Liberty and North Florida. That was it. So, I mean, this this conference as a whole is just is, – is, uh, is so much deeper and uh, – yeah, I think it's uh, it's been a fun conference to watch, and uh, it's tough, but but Liberty's really playing well. Will you got one more one more thing here for us? Yeah, this one's for the founder. Um, hey, we, we talked to Coach McKay earlier in the season, and um, <clears throat> I think Nick asked him a question about scheduling, and he said the difficulty that Liberty is having with basketball scheduling is about to happen in football too. And I was curious if you saw the comments by the ACC commissioner about him saying, hey, don't schedule G5 schools. Uh, it's not it, – there. there's nothing to win there. Um, the article I read in the Raleigh newspaper specifically mentioned Liberty, um, saying, hey, like, there's, there's nothing that you get out of playing a team like Liberty. Um, you know, that affects basketball too, because we're now we're going to Conference USA and and football as well. Just wondering if you had any kind of reaction to to some of that news. Yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of tweeted out a little bit about it, but um, you know, it's really another reason why Liberty, um, and not to dive tail into uh, 
dovetail into a football talk, but it's another reason why Liberty needed to join Conference USA. I mean, FBS as an independent just was not going to be sustainable long term. I mean, these teams, you know, Wake Forest is one that that I saw quotes on is they didn't want to play Liberty anymore. I mean, they they saw what Liberty was doing and has done to Virginia Tech, Syracuse, and others. And Liberty's not they're kind of in that weird quagmire where they're no longer an easy win. You know, you don't just show up and play and beat them. You know, look at Arkansas this year, right? Wake Forest. Um, you know, they're no longer an, an easy win. But Liberty's also no longer – hasn't gotten to the point, I guess, to where they're uh, a household name, to where a, a, a loss wouldn't be a bad loss. It'd still be – look. you know, fan base is going to come out and be like, why'd you lose to Liberty? And, I mean, look what happened when Liberty basketball beat UCLA and, and you know, Steve Alford didn't coach another game for them. They just, you know – like you can't lose to Liberty at home. I just can't happen. Um, you know, so that's kind of where we're at. And it's football and men's basketball is kind of the same in the same boat. They're kind of in that weird spot where they're, like I said, no longer, a, a, um, you know, an easy win, but they haven't gotten to the point where they're a respected loss. I think it's getting there. I don't know how, how long it takes to get there. I think it's doing stuff in the postseason in both sports. But, I mean, some some teams have kind of on Liberty's campus have gotten around that. I mean, some of these Olympic sports, you look at field hockey. I mean, that, they made that run to national championship. They, they'll play anybody, and anybody will play them. I mean, they've played a lot of top 25 teams here in the last uh, year or two. Uh, softball is another one. Baseball is another one. So, um, I'm hopeful that that for football and, and men's basketball can get there. I think there's more potential for those games and men's basketball because you don't have conference commissioners and, and ADs coming out and saying we're not playing them. I mean, you know, could you imagine Liberty having to schedule 12 non-conference football games as an independent and no ACC team wants to play you? And, yeah, they said we'll, we'll play at you know, on our home field, but they don't want to play them you know, in a, in a two for one or something. So you saw, you've seen a lot of those games come off the schedule and it's unfortunate, but that's kind of where we're at. Uh, you just got to live with it. And, you know, Liberty uh, and football got that home and home with East Carolina. That's something we need to look forward to, you know, being able to play some AAC teams and, and hopefully we can continue that and, and get it in, in basketball as well too. But I think for basketball, which, you know, I'd be happy to hear what, what anybody else has to think about this too. Um, but, I would really like to see Liberty do more home and homes with some local mid-major teams that, that are good. UNC Wilmington, Greensboro, Radford, you know, East Tennessee State. You know, I can name 20 different teams, but Richmond. Murray State, Richmond, VC. Chris Mooney was, was complaining about not getting teams. I'm like, there's a team right down the road that's better than half these power conference teams. Yeah, well, and the thing that I think has happened there is I'm sure there's been conversations with some of these teams, but a team like a Richmond or a VCU, in the past, they've had the thinking and thought that they're better than Liberty. They shouldn't be have to do a home-and-home with Liberty. And Liberty's sitting there saying, no, we're, we'll do a home-and-home with you. We're not going to do a, a buy game. We'll do a home-and-home because home, we need some home non-conference games so I think it's kind of you know they're both kind of saying no I'm not going to do it you do it and and you know people just have to like Richmond and VCU and George Mason and ODU and every all the other Virginia teams need to realize that Liberty is better than you like that's what the numbers say right Liberty is the second or third best team in the state so you should be able to schedule Liberty as in a home and home I mean that you know prove it on the court and unfortunately they've I, I don't know if they've been scared or or we have we don't we we did do some buy games with uh, Richmond a few years ago, but now that we've gotten better, maybe we we're saying we want to do a home and home. But 
Um, you know, that, that's kind of my thoughts on the tape. Yeah, I wouldn't be against like a bye game at Richmond, but I do feel like we deserve like a home and home at this point. So I don't I don't blame them for kind of standing their ground on that. You win another NCAA tournament game or two, though, that reputation changes. And all of a sudden you are, you know, like Gonzaga at one point. I'm not saying Liberty's going to be next Gonzaga, but Gonzaga at one point was in the spot we're in. Maybe worse, you know, so at some point do. We did get one question I do want to get to. I can't believe, Bradley, you're still watching this and you're a trooper and we appreciate you. If we were to face Northwestern or Bama right now, how we do, and then he also added Southern Miss and Oral Roberts, Alabama's up like 50 points on Vanderbilt right now. So I don't think that result necessarily changes. It's probably a lot closer. Liberty's not getting beat by 40 by Alabama tomorrow. Um, Northwestern, probably more of a toss-up in my opinion. Southern Miss, that's the game we win. No question in my mind. We win that game if that's played. Or Roberts, we turn the ball over a million times. That's still a really tough road game. So, I don't know. So I would say if we played those four, the next four in that order, I'd say we probably go two and two. Uh, I don't know which of the Oral Roberts in Northwestern we win, but we win one of those. Yeah, I mean, Alabama, you know, I it felt so bad that night when we got beat by them that bad because I knew Alabama was good, but I didn't think they'd be a potential number one seed in the NCAA tournament, and uh, we just did not look good. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we wouldn't beat them, but I think we would, you know, maybe keep it competitive for a half and maybe lose by 20 or 30. But, again, they're beating Vanderbilt by a lot tonight, so who knows, might be a repeat. But, uh, yeah, Southern Miss is the the first one that jumps off. I mean, that's a game you'd love to have back. And I think if we played them ten times at home, we'd beat them at least six or seven, if not more. Uh, we just were unfortunate to have a, have a rough night that, that first half. Um, Northwestern, I agree. I, I felt like we could have won that game. We just had a bad shooting night, and we were still kind of inconsistent on offense and and had a few turnovers, and I felt like we, we could get that one. It would be, a, like like you said, Nick, a little bit of a toss-up, but I think we could get that one. Uh, Oral Roberts on the road, I mean, again, I, you know, even without the 20 turnovers, I don't know if we, you know, again, if we played them 10 times on the road, you know, do we win four? That'd probably be a, a good number. So, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think we'd go 0 4 if we played them again. We, we'd at least get one win and, and possibly two. All right. Well, good stuff, fellas. Uh, this has been a really fun show. Enjoyed doing it with you guys as always. Uh, we will be back next week on Sunday night, back on the normal time, 8 30. Uh, hopefully, recapping a sweep uh, on the road in Tennessee and also in Kentucky, right? I don't no, know. They're, both, they're both in Tennessee, I think. Are they? Are they? Yeah. yeah. I, I, think didn't so. get, I didn't get too invested in Austin Peay because I'm you know, going to see him for a year. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to this weekend. Hopefully, Liberty Cup with a big sweep and uh, can keep this wagon rolling. Uh, thanks to uh, guests tonight. Thanks for Kyle Road and thanks for Coach Johnson coming on. A really cool interview. And he did that last minute, too. So I really appreciate him uh, coming on and doing that. We'll continue to have some great guests. If you aren't subscribed, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit that like button. Appreciate it. And this show is also available uh, on uh, all of your favorite podcast platforms. Have a great night, everyone.